Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yo, what's up, everybody? Since you guys all know it is tax season, I want you guys to know that today's sponsor is brought to you by Magnolia Tax Services. If you're a business owner or a high-earning individual, take control of your finances with the tailored tax planning services of Magnolia Tax Services. Their team of certified public accounts and enrolled agents specializes in maximizing savings for individuals and businesses by utilizing the latest tax laws and strategies. From complex business structures to high net worth individuals, they'll develop a customized plan to minimize your tax liability and increase your bottom line. Don't leave money on the table. Contact our partners at Magnolia Tax Services today for a consultation and get a $100 credit towards your service by clicking the link in the show notes. That's right, guys. Like I said in the beginning, it is tax season, so you want to make sure you tap in with my guys at Magnolia Tax Service today. And once again, that link is in the show notes, and now we'll get right into the show. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people, if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier y'all gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier, and today I got another crazy fire episode on the way for y'all. So y'all make sure y'all like, subscribe, share, comment, leave that five-star rating and review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And getting right into the show today, I got another dope guest that's killing it, man. He's in the, he's in the media as well. He's going crazy. So I had to have him on the show. His name is James Hill. Welcome to the show, bro. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I've been watching your show for a minute. Um, just from afar, like, Thank you know, comments, sharing Thanks. your stuff all the time. Like, and I really appreciate your platform and what you built, bro. Thank you, like, bro. It's not easy. A lot of people see, they see what you do. You know? It's not easy, man. I respect, <laughs> I respect you a lot because it's not easy to stay consistent. It's not easy to have a good quality. It's not easy to have good quality guests. 
Um, it's not easy at all. You make it look easy, though. Right. You make it look <laughs> easy, man. So I appreciate well, I, you. I appreciate that, man. Somebody that's being in media, uh, you, we can only relate to each other because we know how how difficult this thing is. But getting right into it, so for the people that may not be familiar with you, they might be in Under the Rock, just get some brief background in so let the listeners know who you are. All right. Look, I, we was kind of talking offline, so I'm yeah. going to get y'all the full transparent, like everything, the struggle, the good, the bad. So um, I'm from the east side of Detroit, and... You know, when I was younger, I always wanted to be rich, bro. Like, I come from, like, I come from the bottom, bottom, bro. Like, my parents ain't have nothing hustling in the streets. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I was that young kid that, you know, saw problems very, very early. So when I was, like, five or six, I'm like, why we ain't got a car? Like, you know, if I'm asking <laughs> questions, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, my friend's going to this certain school, and I'm going to the school that's across the street. And I'm like, why we ain't got a car? And then my grandma just was like, look, you got to, wherever you can walk, that's where you're going to be able to go to school. So, like, I was raised by my grandma because I lost my mom to gun violence. I was all through the foster care system from four to six. But once I got out, I was adopted by my grandma, and I I grew up with my dad. And I just had a, you know, a good upbringing. We was poor, but, you know, my family was really there. Like I had good family behind me. No matter what was going on around me, you know, people let me know that these things were wrong and you had to go down the right path. So I just look at myself like I was the chosen one, bro. Yeah. Like I was just the, the guy in the neighborhood that people, um, no matter what's going on, they'd be like, nah, bro, you got to you gotta dip. Like something about to go down around here. Like you don't even need to be on the block. So I was that kid. I know a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, so from the age about 12 up to probably about 18, 19, man, I was in the, just in the streets just shooting dice doing little stuff like that to make money, hustling, cutting grass. I was always a hustler. Um, I, I always tell people, like, I've been paying my grandmother's phone bill, me and my grandmother's phone bill since I was like 13. True. And people don't believe that, but I'm like, bro, we used to shoot dice, take bottles to the store, cut grass, shovel snow. Every, I just always been a hustler. I do whatever it takes legally, you know, so to, to, get to, to, to get my bread. But, you know, I started realizing that a lot of the people were struggling because of education. You know, I start when you know my teachers. They was telling me about college and telling me about this, and I'm just like, ask my family members, like, why ain't nobody go to college? Why y'all ain't go to college? Why ain't do this? And um, you know, my uncle's room was just telling me their stories, and and I was just like, man, I, I just want to go to college one day, but I didn't really have a, you know, I ain't have no no money to go. I didn't know how I was gonna pay for it. Um, so I went off to a school called Saginaw Valley. It's probably two hours north of, the, of Detroit, and that was the best thing that ever happened True. to me, bro. Like, getting out of the hood. It wasn't really the college. It wasn't like the college, the stuff you learn. It was more so getting well, out of the good, hood, good, getting yeah. in a good environment. Because, again, I'm a good kid. I'm smart, smarter than a lot of you know a lot of people that was around me. So yeah. I was able to turn that hustle and ambition I had and kind of fine-tune it. So while I was in school, I studied communication and marketing. Um, I was a school journalist. I wrote for the school newspaper, won contests for my, you know, my my writing skills and all of that. But when I got out of college, bro, I couldn't get a job. I was trying to get a job in media, trying to get, you know, trying to become a journalist. I had good interns. Um, I had two, three years of experience as as a writer. I just couldn't get a good job. But they offered uh, the one job that did give me a call back in media was this company um, a newspaper. They would offer me like twenty five thousand to move in the hood of Baltimore, bro. I'm talking about where the wire was shot at, bro. Like <laughs> it was ridiculous, That's right? Great. And I thought about it for a quick second, and I'm just like, bro, twenty five thousand dollars, like to move? 
Like, uh, nah, like, nah. So, um, I went into banking. I went into finance, right? I was real good at sales. So, I had interned at a company called Quicken Loans, which okay. is now Rocket Mortgage yeah. on the stock market. Um, and I interned there. I got the job. And I came in blazing at, you know, probably about 21, 20, well, not 21, probably about 22, 23 after I graduated from college. And um, my first year, I made like $150,000. So I'm like, wow. Like, my family's looking at me like I'm rich, right? Because, you you know, I'm up, I'm taking, I'm I'm, I'm buying shoes for for kids. I'm the Christmas (laughs) on me, Thanksgiving food on me, that whole nine. So I did that for about a year and I just really got drained because. I was still emotionally attached to the streets, meaning I still knew a lot of the guys that was still running in the streets. I still was friends with guys that was going to jail. Right. I was friends with these people who were strung out on drugs or whatever. So I just was like, it was really draining for me to ride around in my car. I'm doing good. I'm making good money. And I go 10 minutes up the road where I grew up at. I had a condo downtown Detroit. As soon as I hit the freeway, I'm back in the hood. Back in the hood. And I'm just like, man, I can't grow like this. So man. I saved about... I saved about $40,000, bro. And I never been to Atlanta before. I'm from Detroit. And I quit my job cold turkey, bro. My whole family, like, just turned on me, bro. Like, you stupid. You an idiot. Like, you ain't going to be. You, I don't know if I can cuss on her, but yeah, you ain't going to be shit. Good. Like, Damn, what family. the fuck? Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, friends laughing at me. I was talking to a girl. Um, she stayed in Canada, actually. Like, the border. Like, yeah, to, yeah, it's, right she, it's right yeah, there. It's right there. So, I told her I quit my job to be an entrepreneur, and she literally like like blocked me, bro. She she probably was just with me because I was a banker making you know six making figures. Money, yeah. She was still in college, so she, like I was rich to her. Right, and um, you know everybody just really turned on me and was just like, "You ain't gonna be shit, bro." Like you, you fumbled the bag basically. And I came down to Atlanta to start my media company, but before it was Black Millionaires, I had a media company called Millennial Mistakes, and um, okay. you know I I fell flat on my face with that company and lost a lot of money. Word. So, dog, that's it's, it's a lot we got to touch on because you just went you just went deep, man. But the, even the family thing, mm-hmm. that's an aspect that a lot of people go through. A lot of people don't talk about when yeah. you be an entrepreneur. Some people got people that's a family that's extremely supportive, that support yes. their moves. And then you got another side of it similar to yours where mm-hmm. everybody turn their back on you, not, call you dumb, he's stupid. That's how you, um, how did you deal with that? How, like, didn't you allow that to stop you? Because a lot of people going to be like, ah, maybe I am tripping. Yeah. Fuck you, it, I'm a mistake. You know what? Um, I got to a place where it was either I'm going to be disappointed in myself or I'm going to disappoint the people around me for a few years. Damn. Right. That's so real. I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm a bet on my I'm a bet on myself. And if I lose, bro, like I'm gonna lose with my plan. Because y'all been y'all been living before me and y'all plan ain't working. Right. And I was just talking to uh, one of my homegirls about this and she was talking about how like in different cultures, some people have like arranged marriages, arranged careers, arranged yep. jobs, and like a lot of people hate it especially in American culture when your parents are telling you what to do and giving you direction. But like, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the black community, we need stuff like, we, do, we need structure, bro. We need we people do. to be able to, we need a real big homie or big mama, whatever you want to call it, bro, to really show you the way. And I didn't have that. So I'm like, y'all plan didn't work for the last 40, 50, 60 years since we've been living in Detroit. So let me try something out on my own. So the first year I had a company called Millennial Mistakes and, um, you know, nobody supported it. Everybody laughed at me. I lost what what was it about? It was really about financial literacy Okay. because I was a banker. I was pulling people credit. Like as a banker, you pull 
I pull like 30 credit reports a day. Right. Right. And then they pull my credit once a month just to make sure my credit is good. So I had like a 750, 760 credit score. And my credit score is still good because I you got to learn all of that when you are getting your mortgage license. I was a mortgage loan officer okay. in like 18 different states. So you got to learn all of that in order to even work for the company that I was working for. So with the family situation, bro, I just really was like, y'all just don't understand. And y'all, you know, y'all never got out of the hood. Y'all never traveled nowhere. I, when I was in college, I was, um, I traveled, uh, I studied abroad. Okay. So I was in Amsterdam for like three weeks. Word. That opened my eyes again. I'm just like, and then I go from there to now I'm back in the back hood. In the, yeah. So, you know, once you see something, it's like, it's like, imagine you got a spouse and you see your spouse phone ring and it's something weird. You can't unsee that. That's what, what exposure does to you when you go and expand and get out of your neighborhood, get, get, a, a get around good people. That's a bar. So I got exposed to better and I just couldn't really unsee it. So I just really wanted to bet on myself, man. So I started a financial literacy company. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing, bro. I just knew I wanted to teach people started. because people didn't know about credit. They didn't know about student loans. They didn't know about anything. I was paying off all my student loans. I paid off all my debt. I had actually stopped paying off my student loans. We can get into talking about that. Okay. But um, um, my first company, Millennial Mistakes, I lost like 40 grand, bro. This pretty much all my savings. I had a little 401k, cashed that in. I had some stocks, cashed that in. What you uh, lose the money on, bro? I lost the money on just marketing, trying okay, to do, yeah. trying to do five different things. So I was trying to run ads on Snapchat, Instagram, Google, YouTube, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, just trying to run people to like, hey, check my podcast out or check my this or check check this content I just made. Yep. And it just, I just was really throwing the money away. I was buying all this crazy equipment. So I got my office back in Atlanta, bro. Like. I got a closet with like twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment I don't ever use to create none of my content because I just lost. I just spent a lot of money, bro. Just, just, just not having no direction, no mentors, just going on on my own because I had that stigma of from my family that I gotta prove something to them. So I'm gonna I'm get gonna the best it. camera. I'm a, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna go get the best mics. I'm gonna go do this and Perfect. instead of actually doing, doing the work, doing the work, doing what's best for doing you, doing what's best for me. I was trying to prove something to other people. And, um, bro, I fell flat on my face, bro. So I went broke. I had to go back and get, you know, try to get a job or whatever. You went back to Detroit? No. Look, I, I was trying to. They wouldn't let me, right? I Damn. called my old job back and basically, like, begged them for a job. Like, hey, can I come back? Like, my license still good. They're like, no. Nah. Hung up on me. Called my parents. They like, I mean, my dad, like, I mean, you already down there. You might as well figure it out. So I just was like, all right, bro. So I went back to corporate. I was doing sales and, you know, I was making probably about 50, 60,000 a year. And then I'm like, this ain't enough, bro. So I'm like, what can I do? And then the guy who started uh, Quicken Loans, his name is Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. Yes, he, he owned the Cavaliers. Right. And let me tell you a story about why I quit. And then it's going to kind of like come full circle. Okay. So the reason I quit Quicken Loans is because they had this tournament called March Madness. And I worked 31 days straight in March. Basically, you work from seven to seven. Well, not set, not seven from like from like eight. That's when we get into the team meeting, and then you work from like nine to like seven every day for thirty days. for thirty for thirty one days every day Monday through Sunday because they are online internet companies, so they don't shut down, bro. Like Quicken Loans, that's how they steal market share because they don't shut down. You can get a mortgage at ten o'clock at night from Quicken Loans. Um, so working every single day, right? And we had this tournament, 
And I was the first loser, bro. The first, the top five people got the paid trips, $20,000 bonus, the whole thing. I was number six. And I stormed out the office. I was pissed off. My VP called me back and invited me to the Cavaliers game. And um, me being from the east side of Detroit, I don't know. I'm just like, all right, we're going to drive from downtown Detroit to downtown Cleveland. But Dan Gilmer put me on his private jet, bro. Oh, for real? Yeah. So, Dan, I'm on a private jet with the him, billionaires, all these people, bro. It was me and probably like 10 other people who was really, really good. Because I was the top banker in my class. But I wasn't a top banker in the company because I was just brand new. Right. Right. So based on the people who was under there under two years or whatever, I was like the top of the top. So they invited us. We sat courtside. You know, LeBron James was still on Cleveland. Cleveland. He was still on Cleveland at that time. And um, it just changed my life, bro. Like I got up there. It took us 17 minutes to get from downtown Detroit to downtown Cleveland. When I say they was feeding me grapes, bro, they really was, bro. Like they had like a. Um, a, a flight attendant kind of lady on there, and she was like feeding us grapes, champagne bottles, Ace of Spade. It was like, damn, I, I couldn't unsee You're that, right, bro. Right, and then I go back, and I'm working for this dude, and he had this day called Ism Day, something that they teach. It's just like that's what they call that culture. They call it isms. Ism and um, he was talking about how he was delivering pizzas and how he started his company. And he dropped out from his, he was a lawyer, and he dropped out of his firm. Um, as a lawyer, and he was delivering pieces. So I remembered that. And when I had to go back and get my job, I was like, I'm not just going to work a nine to five. I'm going to actually do some type of side hustle. So the yeah. two side hustles that I was doing is on the weekends. I, w- I mean, throughout the weekday, I was going to estate sales. And people can do this right now, bro. People don't, they don't understand like how this is so lucrative. In every city, they have a rich in the town, they have a poor in the town. The yep. rich in the town is where the mansions, the estates, the nice condos, whatever it be, they they have estate sales. So I used to go on and and buy the furniture and all the old stuff from estate sales because it's really just rich people trying to move. So it's really like a rich person's garage sale. Right. So I used to go buy like a thousand dollars worth of those products and go put them on Facebook Marketplace, flip that, turn that into turn a thousand dollars into like twenty five hundred and go do it every you know Monday through like Wednesday. That's when they predominantly right. have them. So I was like, okay, I'm doing that after work, my nine to five. And I'm like, I need another way to make money. So I'm like, I'm going to start delivering pieces, bro. So I started delivering pieces. Um, I ain't tell nobody but my sister. My sister was the only person that really like encouraged me and believed in me. Bro, and I saved up my money. I saved up probably about 20, probably about 20,000 then. And then I just started investing. I paid off all my debt other than my student loans. And I stopped paying off my student loans because I'm like, for once, I'm going to bet on me. Like, I... The problem when I lost my forty thousand, the good thing about losing that is, I learned digital marketing. I learned how to grow you a know, brand. You I, what to do? I learned what not to do, and then I learned what to do. But I was broke, right? I ain't had the money, right? Right. So you thought I just need money now, and now I just needed money. So I went and I got the money, and now I just started. Um, I actually started with a partner. I started the brand Black Millionaires. I was like, man, I want to create a media platform that just highlight positivity, mm. not necessarily based on um, rappers or athletes, but it's more so based on just a real corporate professional um, individual who might be a multimillionaire um, and they might be an executive. They don't get the same respect as the entertainers in our community, bro. So I'm like, I want to create a platform for them. So me and my friend, we came up with a name. It was Black Millionaires. And then two days after, this was like my best friend, bro. Um, two days afterwards, 
we put $150 up a piece, bro. I went and bought the domain name. I started the Instagram page. I paid for Canva and <laughs> that was it. So I was out about $150 and my friend who was my best friend at the time, he was like, bro, give me my fucking money back, bro. Like what? he just, we, he just, we got into it. This is our first time ever having an argument. He was like, get my money back. I don't want to work with you no more. Like whatever. I had like missed two calls. Cause I was on a date with some chick and I asked her to call. So I'm like, so I'm like, bro, like you doing all this over a hundred dollars. We trying to make millions, bro. Like you doing all this over a hundred dollars. And, um, this was like December, bro. This was like December, 2019. Right. Yeah. But all 2019 was like my get back That's year. Crazy. It was like my get back year where I had to get my money right, get, get everything back. So I had some money. I was ready to go all in. So at that point, I quit my job and I went back in again, right? So I started Black Millionaires and I. Maybe kicking himself in the ass now, though. Oh my God, bro. He reached, out to, he reached out to me and I'm just like, bro. It's, I, it's, it's over it's with. It's over with, bro. So, <laughs> so basically, I met the guy, um, Lonnie Johnson, okay. who the, is the, the creator of the, the Super, Super Soaker. Soaker. Yeah. And I posted he's from that. Detroit, right? Where are you from? Um, no, he's from like Alabama. But I met, I, I'm standing in Atlanta. He stays in Atlanta. I okay. met him. And um, my life changed after meeting him, bro. I took a picture with him and I posted it up. And people was like, who is that? Like, why, who is that? He's super up. He's super up. He's worth half a billion. Yeah. And that's where the idea of black millionaires came from. Because I'm like, why don't he have a platform, bro? Don't nobody why don't, know who he Why is. don't people in our community know him? So we created the platform. My business partner got the fuck on on me. And then I remembered I took that picture with him. And I created like a meme ad, posting it up. Boom, the shit went, went crazy. viral. So before the pandemic shut everything down, I already had my brand going. And then I was doing speaking engagements to foster youth. So I was making probably like, that's how I was making a lot of money um, outside of the other hustles is speaking. And um, all those got canceled due to COVID. So I just had to yep. go all online, digital Digital business. And, you know, the brand just continued to grow. I, I know how to create viral content. I know how to spark controversy to get traffic to my page. That's a skill, man. That's a skill. I think that's one of the, you know, we living in a digital age. I think that's one of the most important skills. Well, I ain't gonna say important. That's one of the best skills you can have. Mm -hmm. If you know how to go viral today, if some people don't really understand that, because I mention this a lot, they be like, what the fuck? I don't want to go viral. It's like, man, you could, your whole life could change Mm -hmm. if you know how to go viral, especially if you know how to do it consistently. Yeah, and I was going viral all 2018, 2019, but I just didn't know how to monetize, monetize it, right? And that's why I was like, I had learned the skills, but I ain't had no money. I ain't know how to do the digital marketing stuff. But I spent, um, you know, 2019 just really learning. learning. And then 2020 was my execution year. Man, so we started growing a lot of followers. So we was doing, you know, I just started trying to figure out ways to make money. So I started a merch, you know, I started selling merch, selling ads. Um I, I, I love to help people, so I just packaged up my my blueprint, gave it away. Really? Um, in terms of like how to grow your followers or whatever, so I was making a whole bunch of money on like an ebook. Man, you're doing um, you know, doing stuff, and I still started doing speaking engagements after the world opened back up. So I was really, really running it up. Like I was really making a lot of money um, because I knew what not to do, and now I know. I'm like, bro, if I start, if I get an opportunity to make some real money. I'ma know exactly what to do, so I wasn't blowing my money during the pandemic. How everybody blew their money? Everybody, blew everybody it. a lot. It's a lot of people who fucked up right now. It's a lot of scams coming out. Yep. It's a lot of people who ain't balling like they used to be balling. Yep. But 
I fucked up my money in 2018 and 2019. So when the pandemic came, I was already mentally ready to for all that influx of money and influence and everything that I got over the last few years. I was ready, and and if you if you stay ready, you ain't got to get, yeah, get ready. And the the, the, the good thing, which sounds like a this is about to sound like an oxymoron. The good thing about fucking up your money is because. It has to happen eventually. I think a lot of people don't understand, especially if you're young, you're black, you come from a culture and an environment where nobody had a legit bag before you. Right. So you going, it's 99% of the chance you're going to fuck up that bag. Yep. But I'm telling the listeners, it's okay. We all done it. Mm -hmm. We've been there. And it's a necessity because that's going to teach you what not to do. Mm -hmm. And what not to do, like you said, from your own experiences, will tell you what to do. Right. So... I know I, I get a lot of messages from people that that blow a bag, like you said during the during that PPP twenty twenty. Yeah, everybody blew their bag. It's yeah. like it's all good, bro. Money come, money go. Mm -hmm. You can't don't let that shit define you. Don't trip about it. Just run it. You you know how to run it up. If yeah. you run it up once, you could do it again. Mm -hmm. Just figure it out a way. But I want to ask you because I get a lot of messages, bro. We know what we do. Everybody on the platform now. Yes, everybody. And we got in that. I tell people all the time, timing is everything. I know it, it boils down to I got in this at the right time. Yeah. I know if somebody try to duplicate what I did with no following today, mm -hmm. it's going to be damn near impossible for them to do it. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to people that, that ask that question? they like, because how many followers you got on the ground? Shit, 840,000. So how many like followers you got across all the platforms combined? Um, it's, it's definitely over a million because we, I mean, TikTok, we got probably a couple hundred thousand too. My personal page, I got like 70. So you um, over a million. Yeah, we definitely probably over a million. So you got like over a million followers across all platforms. What's your piece of advice? So, and I'm only, I only said that so people know like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? This ain't no peewee shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, what, what's your piece of advice to people that want to duplicate and build a media company and do all these things digitally. What's your piece of advice for them? I would tell people you got to do something that stands out, right? And and you know how do you do that? A, a lot of people are trying to copy other people's blueprint. Yep. You don't want to. You don't want to necessarily like. I can't never do the millionaire mindset podcast as good as you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm trying to be you, and this podcast is a reflection of you, me. your thoughts, and I don't know what you got going on in plan. But I could look at what you do and say. You know, how do he select his guests? How do he do his content stuff? So you got to know, don't try to copy somebody's personality, copy their systems, right? A lot of people want my results, but they don't want my system. So when I tell people what to do, like, okay, create meme ads. What is a meme ad? A meme ad is explaining what you do or explaining your content in three different ways. Meaning you explain your content through visual, you explain your content through audio and you explain your content through words. Most people don't know how to do that. I learned this because, and you can go on my page and even see this in like 2018, I went to a Facebook, like Facebook was like hosting like a small business. Um, like I ain't gonna call it a conference because it was only like, like two, it was like a workshop or whatever in Atlanta. And I just, just went. I just randomly went one day because I was at this place called The Gathering Spot and I learned that from Facebook in like 2018, 2019. And the reason you create those type of ads is because, uh, and I'm saying meme ads, it don't necessarily have to be an advertisement, but that's just how I the call content. it. That's just how I call it, right? right. Meme content. And the reason you want to do that is because what I learned is 60% of people watch your content without the audio on. You probably didn't know that with having a podcast, you're like, what yeah. the hell? Like 60% of people watch my content 
without the audio on because most people are at work. Right. Most people at church. Most yeah. people on the bus and they ain't got headphones or they ain't, you know, they're not playing their music out loud. So you got to figure out a way to communicate the same message without them hearing what you're actually saying. So how do you do that? You That's do important. that with your visuals, like the stuff that you put on your, 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 your content. Um, and you do that through your words. So that's why when people come on my page, I have the words at the top. I have like, um, I have the caption yeah, down sure. below explaining what, it, what they do. And then even if it's not somebody talking, I still have like a trending audio that reiterates exactly what I'm getting at. Because sometimes people have to hear from multiple angles. Some people are audio learners. Some people are visual learners. Some people are readers. And if you are only doing audio, for example, then you're going to miss those visual learners and those readers. If you are only doing um, visual, visual and you're not, you're not really telling people through your audio or through your words, you're going to miss those. So the way my content goes viral is I get all of those people yeah, on one crazy. post and I give them a call to action, give, give, give some type of controversy, meaning your content has to force people to take an opinion. Yep. Meaning you... In real life, you <laughs> lukewarm, right? But on on, on social media, you got to be hot or cold. Yep. You can't be, well, it depends on this, it depends on that. Don't nobody want to hear that shit. People no. want to hear either a man should pay all the bills or a man shouldn't Play do nothing for your ass, right? That's what <laughs> right. people want to hear. So a lot of people aren't creating engaging and viral content because they tiptoeing around what they really believe in. And if you really believe in something, say that, stand on it, and let it do what it do. You want people to disagree with you, bro. Yep. Like, you think about all the famous celebrities and people that you know. Donald Trump, people love him or hate him. Kanye. Kanye, you love him or hate him. Obama, you love him or hate him. LeBron, you love him or hate him. Kim Kardashian, you love her or hate her. Even on a small level. Exactly. Charleston White. Charleston White. Right. People love Charleston White. <laughs> or they hate or they, and you, with Charleston White, I love him some days and I hate him some days. I ain't gonna lie, right? But I fuck with Charleston White, bro. Like, with his message... You know what he what he's trying to get across, especially to the youth or whatever. But some stuff I'd be yeah. like, yeah, this ain't me, right. this ain't for me, yeah. right? And he knows he that. He knows that, right? Kevin and Samuels, another Kevin one. Samuels. That was my guy, yeah. right? Because a lot of the stuff I agree with, some of the stuff like ah, I don't You're know right. about that. But it was polarizing. Yep. So people are not going to be able. You can replicate and build a platform because people are doing it every single day. Um, the pandemic did expedite a lot of stuff. It did, but. If Everybody you are consistent and you have a personality, you're going to gravitate. People are going to gravitate to, to you. Like you're going to find your tribe, but most people are trying to copy That's your right. personality and they can't. It's, it's only one of you. Exactly. And you're right. People not, they're not polarizing enough. And most people group think. Yes. So group think doesn't work well with the internet. Bro, you will never get rich, bro. You will never, ever get rich following the crowd never think about this this is bro, think about this if everybody has the same play it's going to get watered down exactly so if you are if you are the one if everybody going this way and you're the one going this way who you Different. think gonna eventually get rich that one person going this way or the 99 other people going that way it the world literally does not work that way everybody can't be right so i get nervous when a lot of motherfuckers start agreeing with me 
I don't really even like that. Like when people, when people agree, when a lot, especially if they broke and they ain't really got nothing going for themselves, if they agree with me, I'm like, oh, oh I'm doing something wrong. I'm, I might be doing something wrong. This might be wrong because a lot of my mentors and things like that, they had called me and be like, I see what you're doing. I like what you're doing. Like keep going with that. And it, it might be one of my posts where everybody's disagreeing with me, cussing me out, saying I'm stupid, saying this, that, and the third. But that's just let me know, like, I'm one of, of the few who are actually going to be successful um, because most people are, they, they're followers, bro. They're most followers. people aren't leaders. That's, and, that's, and that's what make it, makes it easy. I don't want to say easy, but easier for people like you and me because you have your own mindset, your yes. own opinions, and you know how to... Um, let me ask you this: mm -hmm. How long did it take you to uh, to to figure out? I'm trying to say it where people can understand it, because I know that a lot of the verbiage, unless you in media, you're not gonna really understand exactly what I'm saying. Right. Like, how long did it take you to figure out? Like, okay, I know how to make shit go. Like, I, yeah, because I know exactly. Like when I, I know exactly how to make something go, I know when I do it. I could be recording something right now. And the person could just be saying you could be talking. Yeah. And in my mind, I already know, like, oh, this gonna go viral. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna mm -hmm. clip this up, how I clip it up, do what yeah. I do, put that thing out on crazy. So but it took me, it's I ain't gonna lie, bro. It took me like three years mm -hmm. to really learn it. Yeah. So how long did it take you to learn that? I would say it probably took me probably about two. two but I did have that year of when I you know, I, I learned a lot and I lost a lot of money. So those things really stick to me. So I learned a lot there, um, what not to do. And then over the next the next year after that, I learned what to do. So it's, it took me probably about two. Um, but that is, a, that is a phenomenal skill to have. I know right now I can post up something that's going to be controversial, get two, 3,000 comments. <laughs> and then it's not, it's not necessarily just about the, the engagement. I also know how to monetize on a back end, which is how you make the money. Talk about right? that. Yeah, so you want to create systems. So there's there's multiple ways to build a business, right? Um, in today's era, you can go hire a bunch of employees, which is what a lot of people do when they make money and they want to grow and scale. Or what I like to do, I like to hire technology. So I automate a lot of my processes because, like, even though my company, you know, makes real good money, like, I only have probably about four or five people. Like, I got a tiny squad, bro. But, like... My guys at Word and Vision, for example, they might have 50 people. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I like to keep the low overhead because now we're in a recession, bro. Like, stuff tightening up. I like to keep low overhead, and I love to leverage technology and automate. So I automate pretty everything I do. I sit down, and I try to brainstorm, how can I automate this? Or is it even worth doing? See, a lot of people are out here and they're broke because they're doing minimum wage activities. How you gonna make a hundred thousand? How you gonna make seven figures, eight figures if you're doing minimum wage activities? Right? If you can do something and you can hire somebody and they're 80% as good as you, that means you're not good at that enough to be doing it. Hire somebody else to do it or hire technology to do it. Right? That's mm. the mindset that I think with. Um, and do you need to even be doing this? Is your time more valuable doing something else? So I would tell, tell people the way to make real money is low expenses, high income. But the way you get there is by figuring out how you could invest the least amount of money and get the highest impact, meaning the highest return on your investment. And I'm not talking about some get rich quick scheme. I'm talking about marketing. 
right? And marketing is yeah. one of those things that's very subjective. Very. You can spend a year trying to develop this marketing plan and the shit don't work, or you can sit on this podcast and clip one 30-second clip and that shit go viral. Go viral. You see what I'm saying? So you got to realize which one is worth your time. It might be worth you to sit down with a good guest and go viral versus you trying to go hire some marketing firm to do this, you know, $100,000 marketing strategy. So I would tell people, and especially, let me speak to my black business owners, right? Because a lot of times I get pissed off with a lot of black business owners when I meet with them and I ask them, why do you think you're not getting the results you want, right? And they talk about their product. They talk about this. Most people have a $0 advertising budget. They're not, they not posting their stuff up on media blogs. You know Fashion Over? Yeah. Bro, they post on The Shade Room. They post on Hollywood Unlocked. They post on No Jumper. All they the post time. on World Star every single day. So they basically own those platforms, basically, because they're posting up on them all day, every day. And they're a multi-billion dollar company yep. because of it. We don't know how to monetize our influence. And the reason we don't know how to monetize our influence is because we don't have marketing budgets, bro. A lot of our celebrities, a lot of our influencers, they don't work with and support a lot of black-owned businesses because you're not coming with you're the not bag. Coming. Bro, Whew. Hey. you're not coming with the bag. But this is, let's just be honest, bro. That's if you're an influencer, if you're very influential and you got this business over here, business number one, and you got business number two, one one is black owned or whatever you want to support, and the other one isn't black owned, right? They coming with that check. But one is coming with that check. The other one ain't even coming with the check. They coming with support. You can't scale support, bro. We're talking about can we do collaboration? Exactly. A lot of times, a lot <laughs> of times, no collaboration value. might not work because exactly. my value might be here and yours might be here. Exactly. And our collaboration, in order for you to get here, you might have to come with that check. You gotta come with that, man. Ain't bro. nothing wrong with that, bro. That's so, bro, man. You, I know, I know this firsthand. That's real because mm -hmm. I realize a lot of, um, especially like you said, a lot of black entrepreneurs, man. We have a, we want things at a discounted rate. Yeah. Either we don't want to pay at all, or we want something at a crazy discount where it's like this ain't even this. It's not no. It's not no benefit to me no more. This discount doesn't serve me. Mm -hmm. So, you. But what do you say to this though? Because people. People go hear you say that, and they be like, "How can I have a how how can I have a marketing budget when I don't have any money?" Mm -hmm. What do you say to people regarding marketing budgets? But they ain't really they ain't got no bread like that, right? When I ain't had no money, bro, I'm gonna tell you what I did. I told you about the estate selling when yeah. I went on Facebook Marketplace and flipped the money. Um, I was delivering pieces, and I sold my TV. I sold my TV because the TV cost me two hundred dollars in time. money, but the time that it cost me watching it. <laughs> Was 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 thousands and thousands of dollars, and it was costing me my whole future. So I would I would challenge people who say they don't have money. You don't. It's not that you don't have money. You don't have skills to make money. So start thinking about different skills. What can you offer to make money, right? And you can do different side hustles. And the problem with the side hustles that a lot of people don't want to go do to make the the money is they think, oh, just because I'm delivering pieces, I'm gonna deliver pieces for the rest of my life. No, no, I was out there delivering pieces with a goal. Okay, a I'm going to get that 20, 30K back that I just lost. So I'm delivering pieces with a goal. I'm doing DoorDash with a goal. I'm doing Uber with a goal, right? If you are out there doing that. So a lot of people get discouraged of doing those side hustles. People got time. That's you got right. time. You, 
if you really want to make money out here, you there's so many out. different ways to make money. You can go be an assistant to somebody. You can go, you can go um, some faux t-shirts for somebody at their clothing brand. You can start your own clothing brand, go around and sell it. You got, you don't need money to make money to get started. You need money to take it to the next level, but you don't need money to make money to get started. I went around knocking on doors, right. asking people, hey, I shovel your snow, cut your grass. I'll do this, whatever. I took bottles to the store when I was 13. It's ways to do, you know, it's ways to, to, to get that initial capital. And I started my brand with $150, bro. So like, you ain't got $100? Exactly. You got the money, bro, because you got designer clothes, you got designer bags, Let's going talk about trips. it, bro. You going on? You going on trips to Miami? Yep. You buying shots in the club, right? You got the money, bro. But you don't got the priorities. That's what you don't got. You got the money. Most people got the money, bro. I know. I completely agree with you, bro. And I think a lot of it comes also comes down to to, to pride. Yeah. When once once you get a bag, if you're already a prideful person, the bag gonna make you more prideful, more mm -hmm. feeling yourself. But once you lose it. That pride doesn't go anywhere. You, mm -hmm. might, you might be even more prideful now because like, I don't want nobody to see me mm -hmm. down now. Everybody's used to seeing me at this level. Now I'm down here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like relinquish this pride and just go out here and go get me a side hustle because I don't want people to look at me crazy. And that's what keeps a lot of people broke. I don't know. I don't know what it was about me, but I was always willing to um, embarrass myself and put myself out there. People see me going viral on with content now um, and doing you know the conferences and stuff that I do. But bro. What they don't see is when I was 18, I was getting laughed at in college for doing corny videos. Like, you know, I, I was creating videos and we have a, it was like this church on campus. And I like convinced the pastor of the church, like, hey, can I show my motivational video uh, starting out? So when I did that, people, who the hell is this? Like, turn this off, bro. What, what, what is this? Right? And people was laughing at me, bro. But I'm willing to do that to get feedback. I'm like, okay, they ain't feeling that. Let me let me come back. And by the end of the semester, people was asking, like, oh, cousin got his videos up no more. Right. You you see what I'm saying? I was willing to be to get laughed at the first three months to celebrate for the next 30 years, bro. Cause I developed a skill. I developed confidence. Right. And if you're not willing to get laughed at, do you even deserve the results at the end of the tunnel? You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't, bro. If you're not willing to start your podcast and have one download the first day, the first podcast, are you willing to really have a million downloads on your thousands, thousands podcast? No. Nope. You not don't deserve it, bro. I read somewhere, this funny, because I read somewhere this probably like a week ago. They said, um, in order to be, I think it was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, in order to be successful, you have to first be uh, okay with embarrassing yourself. Yes. You got to put yourself out there on that line for people to laugh at you, talk shit about you, yes. shame you, all those things. And so many people, they stagnant and they not growing and they are never probably get no bread is because they too scared and worried about what everybody else is going to say. you worried about what everybody else is doing. Like, bro. oh, they're going to call me a failure if my business don't work out. If I go try to do this, they're going to they gonna laugh at me. One, so I'm just not going to do anything at all. Bro, one thing that really opened my eyes is being a banker, you pull a lot of people credit. The people who are trying to buy a house are quote unquote like middle class or upper middle class or like even rich people. But a lot of them don't even got their shit together, bro. No, like a lot of them don't they work at these high-tech companies and they doing things but they struggling just like you so it's like um if you're listening to this just put yourself out there you want people to laugh at you you want people to 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 be like oh man that ain't gonna work right because at least they are acknowledging you they're acknowledging that you're trying something so the people who 
most businesses fail, bro, because they don't even start. Like they don't exactly. even put themselves out there. You ain't you 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 worried about everybody else, and you're robbing your future kids, grandkids, or whatever of a better future and a better life because of some guy that at your job that laughed at, you. laughed at you. Bro, people used to laugh at me at work. I used to bring books to work. On my lunch break, everybody else going out. I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm reading The 48 Laws of Power. I'm reading Contagious, right? That's a marketing book. Mm-hmm. If you in the media uh, space- the Burger. Yes, if you in the media space and you ain't read that book, Listen, you, you're sleeping. That book probably costs $12. I don't know. That's that's the book that inspired Nipsey Hussle to sell his CD exactly. for Exactly. And that book introduced me to Nipsey Hussle, bro. Really? When I read that book, I didn't know. No, I mean, and Nipsey Hussle yeah, introduced me to, to that book. book. My bad. I didn't even know Nipsey Hussle was a rapper like that, bro. I used to see his clips going viral of just motivation and him giving out game. And I was like, oh, I didn't know who this dude was. Um, and then I started listening to his music. I'm like, right. oh, Nipsey, like that, he he that guy, mm-hmm. right? And then you know, and then rest of peace, Nip. Like once he passed, everybody started acknowledging yeah, his acknowledge music it, yeah. and his brilliance. But like I learned about that book from Nip, like watching yep. his interviews, him talking about money, real estate, business. Um, and I'm an executor, bro. So if you give me some information, if you give me a book, or if you give me a tip or a video to go you watch, go, they, they, I'm gonna go watch it because. I'm in this. I'm in this for a long time, bro. I'm not trying to be a one-hit wonder sensation. Um, I'm really trying to grow, and the only way you grow is, is growing your mindset, bro. Man, that's a fact, bro. Talk, t- talk about this, like in media. I try to convince a lot of people. I be like, bro, you need to start a media company, whether it's a podcast, blog. You need to do something, like. But it's crazy how so many people still don't understand why. I think they just be thinking like, I'm telling them to do it because it's fun. It's something yeah. hobby. People don't really understand how I'm like. It's a reason why Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's a reason because oh, now he can control a narrative. Control if somebody that narrative. come out with some flack, he come out through the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. All, ain't gonna be nothing bad about Jeff Bezos in the Washington Post. Yep. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. So talk about like why owning and, and controlling a narrative and owning a media company is so important. Right. I mean, it's really important because you control your own narrative. And you put out what you want to put out. So a lot of people be getting mad when these media companies do blackface or say something crazy or like even the movies and the the women in the movies, hair be all messed up and everything. People get mad at that. But I'm going to challenge you and say, well, why don't, why aren't you on set? Why aren't you, why don't you have your own movie company? Why aren't you shooting that content so you can put the images out there that you want to reflect? Media is just a reflection of some other person's thoughts, how they view the world. So if your perspective isn't being viewed, are you even relevant to share your story? Your story, if, if don't nobody get get your get your um your blueprint out, don't nobody get your story out, ain't nobody promoting your products, create a brand to promote your own products, right? So a lot of people don't understand how media works. Um, like for example, the president that get elected is the president that has the most media coverage, good or bad. Yep. It don't matter, it good don't matter. or bad. So a lot of people don't understand how it reflects the thoughts that you have. A lot of the thoughts that you have aren't really yours. It's the reflection of the media that you are consuming, consuming. whether it's the music, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the Instagram pages, the TVs, the TV series you watch. So I want to challenge people to just go on a cleanse, right? Don't listen to no music. Don't listen to nothing um, that is detrimental to where you're trying to go, 
right? You're obviously listening to the Millionaire Mindset Podcast because you want to create generational wealth well. for your family, right? So why are you listening to music that promotes that. destruction? Uh, you go listen to the Millionaire Mindset Podcast for an hour, then you go listen for eight hours of somebody telling you to go rob and shoot and kill and do this and do that. Damn. Which one going to take over your mind, bro? You're right. That eight hours that you're indoctrinating yourself into that bad poverty mindset. So media is 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 so important because media tells you who you are, right? What you are consuming is a reflection of you. So if Facts. all you're watching is gossip, if all you're doing is tearing other people down, if all you're doing is watching and listening to things that don't help you make money, then don't be surprised when you look in your bank account and you see the zeros in front instead of on the back, <laughs> right? Don't be surprised when you broke if you listen to people who can't help you get to where you want to grow. So I will tell people, and that's why I sold my TV, because I understood that. When I sold my TV, it was to cut off the media that was you know, portrayed on online because I can't control what's on TV. I can't control what's on my phone, though. Facts. You see what I'm saying? I can control what podcast I listen to. If, if I'm just watching, if I got the TV playing, something can come on that's crazy um, that I necessarily don't agree with. But if I'm just sitting there watching it, you are being compliant based on what you um, subject yourself to. So that's what I tell people. It's like, what you watch is what you become. So if you are watching gossip and, you know, people with negative relationships, people cheating on each other, doing this dog and that, it's going to become normalized in your life. Facts. So the way you get build wealth is, is to normalize it, right? You might not be making money, but you are around people who think and talk and, and share tips on making money. So once you're around them long enough, you're going to be like, damn, bro. Now I got an idea of how I can go create a business or a side hustle to be able to make some money. But if you're around negative broke people all day, they're only giving you ways to stay broke. They cannot help you elevate, right? So that's what I tell people, bro. Media is media is the most important thing that you can, like what you consume, it tells you who you are, bro. It's a reflection of you and your thoughts and your actions. So your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your results. Your results becomes what raise your next, your, your generations um, that's coming behind you. Mm. So the results that you want got to start with your thoughts. Your thoughts start with the media that you consume. That's a bar, bro. And how, how do you handle that responsibility of, because um, you got a big media company. You yes. Know, and it's a responsibility that come with it. How do you stay away from, because I feel like a lot of the media companies, it's easy for them to be the, I want to be the first one to put this out. Yeah. And then a lot of times it's some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Because that's a huge responsibility because mm -hmm. you got so many people that's going to you for the information, going mm -hmm. to you for the news. So how do you handle that responsibility? Um, Truth be told, bro, I never want to be first. I don't like being first, bro. I don't like being first in media. I don't like being first in business. Because just because you first don't mean you're going to be the best. No, nah, it don't. A lot of people, like MySpace was first. Facebook was the best. Right? You see what I'm saying? MySpace sold for four or $500 million, which is a lot of money. But Facebook is a is about to be a trillion dollar company, right? Company. You see what I'm saying? So you can get crumbs or you can get the real bag. So I don't really like to be first. Um, that's just how I operate. So I always fact check. If I'm not, if I'm not, um, you know, if I'm not 100% sold on something, and if I don't, if I think about everything, everything I post, I think is going to go viral, right? So 
when I'm standards you got for yourself. Well, not necessarily the standards I have. I'm just thinking like, if this does go viral, would this be a good reflection of my mm, brand? Okay, you see, see what, what I mean. That's, that's, that's so dope. when I'm thinking with that thought process, I'll, I'll be like, I don't want to post that because I know that's going to be kind of it's going to get taken you know, kind of sideways, right? I don't want to post this. I don't want to post that, right? So I don't really like being first. I like evaluating, you know, how other people post their stuff up. And I'm like, I can tell a better story. I can I can uncover some stuff that people are missing out on. And that's what my brand is all about. When you come to my page, you might hear about like, everybody was posting about Tina Turner. Yep. I posted about Tina Turner estate plan and how her husband's going to get half of Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I found plan. that out from your page. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And she got like a $76 million crib in um, um, Switzerland that's mm-hmm. being turned into a museum. All of that was on my post, right? It was in the caption, etc. But like everybody was just posting about Tina Turner's music. I wanted to post about her net worth. My I want to tell you about how she. I ain't know she was up like that. Time. Yeah, I, I, ain't, I didn't either, bro. I, I didn't. I didn't either. But these are the stories that need to be told about the legends in our community. Facts. Because a lot of people don't understand estate planning, a trust, X Y Z insurance. They don't understand these type of things. And the stories where a lot of our celebrities and entertainers go broke. Those get out there, but the stories where, um, you know, they actually protect their wealth and pass it on to the next generation, that's not really news that people like to run with. So that's why I uh, I leverage my platform to run with it. But I mean, the responsibility as a, you know, owning a media company is huge. Um, You know, I'm not going to say no names, but like it's, (laughs) it's a lot of people in media, bro, like that are having to check themselves because there's some bad actors out here. So it's a lot of due diligence we have to do as media companies and to come out and say, you know, hey, we did our due diligence on this guy or we're not sure about this. So do your own research, do your own homework. And um, we're seeing that right in our face that, um, you know, it can come back and bite you because everybody don't have good intentions. People can sit up here and talk about how they want to help you build this and invest in that. But everybody really don't have good intentions. As a media platform, what I think our responsibility is, is to deliver real media, meaning not one-sided. If somebody do something good, you should be able to deliver that. If somebody do, if that same person who came on your platform do something bad, you should be able to say, actually, this this person, that information like, ah, no, it it, it ain't right because of X, Y, Z. So, you always have to change your thoughts when you get new information. And that's what I think a lot of media companies don't do. They run with a narrative. And if it if the new information goes against their narrative, they just don't post it up or they right. just act like it's going to go away. And that can really tear down your media company because when people start questioning your integrity, um, you know, that's where media goes wrong. So I just think, just tell both stories. And I, I personally don't like to be first. Um, I want to, I, I want people to, Run and bump their head, and bump then I would learn from their mistakes and take <laughs> it and take and take it to the next level. That's right, because you, you like you said, you're supposed to be unbiased. Yes, as a media, you're not supposed to have biases. Yeah, but a lot of I'm gonna tell you why, especially a lot of black media gets biased. It gets very biased because a lot of the media partnerships, like don't a lot like like your podcast, for example, right? I know you have a very 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 influential podcast. It's just getting started, bro. You haven't right. seen, like, you're just scratching the surface. So you're going to, like, over the next 
five to ten years, you're gonna look back at this and be like, wow, Damn, like we was I was really way. grinding, right? But your influence doesn't necessarily reflect your income or your impact at mm, the moment. I see what you're saying. So a lot of times people just they want to expedite that process of the income and they want to get the bag right now because they're trying to live a certain lifestyle. So they take this money and then it ends up impacting the in income that they could make in the next five to 10 years. And most people would rather make a quick 10,000 uh, over the next few weeks than a slow million over the next two, three years. Most people would. Mm -hmm. You, if you, if I'm, I'm telling you, bro, and I know this for a fact because a lot of people get caught up in get rich quick stuff and flipping this and turning this $10 into a million and it just don't work. Um, so I think with, with, with media, a lot of them are bought. Like a they lot are. of media are bought and they're, they're, they're afraid because I took money from this person. Can I go against this, person? Go against this person? Can I no. go? And you got to be willing as media, cause you should get paid for, for what you do. Absolutely. You should get paid for what you do. Cause you're very influential. If I'm on your podcast right now and Let's say I'm like, let's let's do some advertisements, man. Like, I want to do some ads with y'all. And I run some ads with y'all. And it turns out that my product was bad. You don't have to refund me my money. And you should be like, that product was bad. You should, as a media company, be able to come out and speak against your clients if they did something wrong. Mm. But most people are so scared that I'm not going to get paid again from this particular person. So I don't want to speak, speak about, about it. it. So you basically... Are, you, you're basically selling out your platform because your audience realizes it. They know. They know. When, they, know. They, they know when something's capped and when you know things go left. So you just got to be willing to tell both good and bad. And I think a lot of media don't want to do that um, because of fear of this person's not going to have me on their platform or this person's not going to invite me here. Or I build my own platform, so ain't nobody got to invite me. That's a fact, right? And That's because I build my own platforms. You get invited, right? Like, for example, I see you 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 doing the invest fest, bro. Yep. Like, you're only there because you have a good platform. Yep. You're not there because they like you and this, that, and the third. They might not like you, you never know. <laughs> but they respect you, and that's what you want people that's to have, important. bro. That's, that's what you important. want people to have. And I wanted to tell you congratulations Th on that. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Because that's going to be big, Yeah, bro. that's going to be big. That's going to be big, Yeah, bro. yeah. And everybody that's listening, make sure y'all there. It's going to be August, August 21st, 22nd, Invest Fest. Millionaire Mindsets, we will definitely be in the building. Building, We'll be doing a live podcast. Mm -hmm. And the final thing I want to touch on, because you talked about influence. Like, man, it's so important for for people, because people still don't re realize that you got to, you should be getting paid for your influence. Yes. But a lot of, it's kind of, with the internet, it's hard to evaluate what you should be getting paid or what, 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 what's, what, how much, whatever you're doing, what it's worth. Like, yeah. Black Millionaires, your company, I don't know the evaluation, but I know yeah. for a fact that's at least $5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're I'm right, talking right, about right. the bare minimum. Bare minimum. That's yes, $5 yes. million dollars because Facts. of the, the reach and the audience it has. So it, it, it's hard. I, I, I talk to, man, I talk to so many companies. I go on and on about this. I talk to so many companies that I see that got similar followers. If, as you yeah and they talking about i'm talking about they selling they thing y'all for peanuts yeah and when i find this out i'm like not only are y'all doing y'all self a disservice but y'all doing the entire industry yeah you're doing the entire industry a disservice because people going to you they getting they getting ads for 50 dollars. yeah you never got a million followers they <laughs> right. come to me thinking i'm trying to Fuck them over. It's like, no. Nah, right, right. No, nah, bro. This is the real going <laughs> the rate, bro. They all don't know what they doing over yeah. there. So it's like, 
I, I try to I try to stress to people like as people with followers, bro, we are worth I, so much. I think you gotta I think a lot of people you gotta become an entrepreneur. Right. Right. The meaning just because you got a podcast and you got an audience doesn't necessarily mean you're an entrepreneur. So what I mean by that is you have to create brands and products around your business. It doesn't necessarily have to have your name and face on it, but you have to create brands and products around your business to realize your impact. So let me give you an example, right? So I just invested uh, 200, you know, I committed 200,000. I haven't actually gave 200,000 yet, but I just committed 200,000 to a hair care brand that I'm, uh, that I'm investing okay. in, right? And I'm going to use my influence to actually grow, to build it, to build it out. I ain't got to put my name on it. I ain't got to put my face on it. It's going to look like a regular ad. People are just going to be like, oh, this is doing well. And we did like one ad form and they made, they, they like tripled their money back. And I'm like, oh, I got some. I got something here. Like I did my own conference, for example. That was and fire. I did my own conference in 30 days. We had a thousand people show up. So I'm like, so I've been promoting other people conferences and they conferences for, it could have been, it could be full because of my influence, bro. So you would never know what you can actually charge because you're not doing it for yourself. At Quicken Loans, they call it eating your own dog food. Meaning in corporate America, that's what a lot of companies do. Like, before they go sell their services, they use their own services. So what I would challenge people in the media space to do is create your own product, have your own webinar, yep. um, invest in some of these companies. So if, if, if somebody got a good brand that you know you can turn up, um, invest in that company, right? Meaning you put some money up or you put your influence, you put your influence up. up. Uh, see, a lot of companies don't understand this, right? So when you see headlines and it says Microsoft invested $8 billion in chat GBT, right? When you hear that, you think they gave them $8 billion. Right. No, they probably gave them one and a half or two billion. And then they gave them eight or six billion in services, meaning their, their servers, yep. their, their access to their engineers, their media partnerships, their products, their, their brand deals. So it evaluates to $8 billion. But a lot of us think in terms of cash and not in terms of wealth. Well, they think value. about if I can't see the money, it ain't real. And that's not true. And mm. when you are in media, bro, that's you got to understand that your influence is worth. is worth. Like, for example, like I did the Black Millionaires Conference. A guy, a lot of the guys on the conference was doing $100, $200 million in business. I'm not, I'm not doing $200 million in business. Not yet. But... I'm on the same stage and, and, these and, and partnering with them because they see like, yeah, you might have did a couple million in your business, but based on the evaluation, if you was to sell this company, you would be up, bro. So, you know what I'm saying? So they invite me and they have me around these conversations because they know my influence mm. is up yes, there just as powerful as their income. And as long as I stay consistent and build brands around my influence... I can get to that level. So let me let me let me let me ask you this. Right? Look at Jay-Z, for example. Jay-Z didn't, he didn't, he became a millionaire from music. He became a billionaire from liquor. Yep. Clothes. That's how he became a billionaire. A lot of people didn't even know Jay-Z owned Ace of Spade. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't even know he um owned or he had a partnership with Bacardi. Right? A lot of people don't notice. So what he did is, and what happened is Cristal was 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 big back in the day. Yep. I was young, so I wasn't popping no Cristal, right? But it was big back in the day. You go look at a lot of his, his old, old videos, videos. They popping Cristal. They start selling Cristal out. Cristal started making a lot of money. They went to Cristal and said, "Hey, we we we're influencing your business, man. Like I got 
the number one hit, and I'm talking about popping your bottles, all my fans going to buy your bottles. Chris Styles said, get out of here, which made him go create Ace uh, and go buy Ace of Spade, and he owned it, and then he sold half of it, and he made four, five hundred million from that. He's leveraging his influence, influence. right? Rihanna, how does she become a billionaire, bro? Her Fenty. influence, yep. Fenty, those brands. So Rihanna's a brand. Millionaire Mindset is a brand. Black Millionaires is a brand. You know, all these other media companies are brands. Our influence cool. is so much more than the revenue we generate. Facts. And your brand has perceived value, which is money as well. People will pay for that. People pay for perceived value, right? Louis Vuitton. Rolex, Cartier, Gucci, you're paying for that perceived value. You're not paying for the quality because I can go get Louis Vuitton vendor right now, slap my brand on it, and people will be like, I ain't spending 200 on that. Right. But if it got Louis Vuitton on it, people are going to say, oh, I spent 2000 on that. It's all the perceived value in your mind. So the trademark that you own of your brand is worth more than the products. You, I would rather own Coca-Cola trademark then the Coca-Cola Coca-Cola bottling companies that actually put the product in there. The product isn't what make them billions of dollars. It's the name. Talk right? Talk. It's the name, bro. It's the what is what you own. So I would say people in the media space, bro, you got a podcast, you got to figure out something that you could package. Um, it don't have to have your name on it. It might have your name on it. Like the Black Millionaires Conference has my name on it, right? But the other hair care brand I own. It's called subtle. It doesn't. It doesn't have my. It doesn't have my yeah. name on it, right? I'm not even on the page. I'm not. I, I'm not the CEO. I'm the investor, right? I'm this. I come in and consult with y'all. I, I I hired a. We hired a chemist. We make sure the products is good. I, people are never gonna know I own that, but I got a percentage of it because I invested in it and I'm leveraging my influence to grow it. And when we sell it. That's when I'm going to get, that's when I'm going to realize my influence. Up. Like, oh, damn, he sold this for 200 million? How, where did he get that type of money? I have that type of influence. And that's what I'm going to tell people. And you got that influence too. Yeah. Other people in our media space got it. They just got to build brands, bro. Damn. It's the brands, it's that, the make brands the that make the money. You're right, man. There's no better way that I can wrap up the show than that. Because that's, <laughs> man, that, I'm talking about, if, y- if, y- if y'all listeners watching, it, if y'all really, like, if, that's, if what he just said didn't go over y'all head, y'all really just understood what he said. That was a million dollars worth of game right there, like, for real, because that's what that's that's what it all boils down to. Mm-hmm. So people, and I know people on social media online, you, it's probably hard for you to evaluate, like, what you really worth, but you got to have that long-term vision to know, like, like even when, I, when we started making that mindset within the first year, I'm like, man, this shit ain't, this shit, we ain't, we ain't making no money from it, but I right. know this shit is worth I know a lot of money. Going. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. This, at this, even at the small stage, I'm like, this is worth a lot of money because mm-hmm. we're reaching a lot of people. Yeah. So I and I even um I never shared this before. I even hired the company to um to evaluate the evaluate business, the, the, the business the business and it as 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 I expected it. Yeah. It was seven figures. Yes. So I even when I I knew that before it, I just mm-hmm. so I'm like, let me hire these people to figure this out because it's it's the internet. It's hard to really how you have you ever been to FinCon. Mm-mm. You need to go there, bro. I think they like next week. They're in New Orleans. Okay. You need to go there. They be having a lot of financial um, brand. That's where a lot of brand deals are made. A lot of uh, people in the finance industry don't know about that. That's a uh, that's a conference you need you need to go to because you need to go there and show them your analytics um, and show them like, hey, like I can really impact your business. 
and the brand deals that you can get from there versus that's like you going outbound, right? The brand deals that come inbound to you, obviously you're gonna do them. Yeah. But yeah, you it's a different rate sheet when sure. you go to companies like yeah, like a new like I had a new credit company that they had like some type of credit service, and they're like, yeah. So how much do you charge for a post? I'm like, yeah, eight thousand. They like, oh, okay. They got the budgets. Oh yeah, we got the budget. We just yeah. raised forty million. Right. I'm like, yeah, it's eight thousand for forty eight hour post. They like, okay, they did it. They got some results. Got people to sign up. They're like, this was great. They and I'm like, again. you, it, it right. sure was right. And then now, now that I charged them, the, the you know, now that I charged them that. We could come and do a, a higher number, and I can add a little, more, a little value. more value. I can say, look, we got a big email list too. We got a conference. We got a text list. We got this. We got that. And with you having a podcast about finance, people are listening to this in the mindset gotcha. of finance. So if you have them do your ad, you know, do 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 an ad at the beginning or in the middle. I don't know how you do it, but you can charge them your worth because you got the results, bro. They're paying other podcasts for access. For access that got half Happy. the audience and half the influences you, bro. So right. yeah, you need to go to those companies, bro. Say less, it's done, bro. I'm definitely gonna look at when we get off. But before we wrap up, bro, I want to say first, I appreciate because this was short notice, man. The yeah. listeners don't know it. We make it look easy, but this was short notice. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, coming out, coming on the show, and giving us uh, my listeners some real game and value. But before I let you go, plug all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, everything mm -hmm. you got going on. Plug it. Uh, I appreciate that, bro. So on Instagram, my brand, the, the name of the company is Black Millionaires. So it's Black Millionaires underscore. Um, so if you want to tap into the brand, definitely um, go follow us there. My personal page, if you want to learn more about me, some of the stuff I do outside of Black Millionaires and just teaching and learning or whatever I do, um, just James Hill TV. And that's on all platforms, YouTube, Instagram. Um, I'm actually starting my own podcast, man. Yeah, I just... I was doing it, then I stopped. I was doing it, and then I'm like, okay, this is the right time. Like, I got my team in place, I got my systems rolling, so I'm I'm rolling out my own podcast. Um, it's just James Hill TV on okay. YouTube. So yeah, if people want to learn from me and learn, just learn from some of my guests, or um, just learn about more. So my mindset behind building um, and, and media. Um, just come follow me. Come tap in with us, and I appreciate you for, um, you know. This was short notice, so yeah. we just texting each other like, oh, you in Dallas? Oh, bet. Let's go. Let, let, let's do it. Yep. So, um, you know, your network is very important. Like, and having a good name and a good brand is really important because stuff like priceless. this yep. is priceless. Mm -hmm. That's game, bro. And make sure y'all follow James. Tap in with Black Minnows on everything because they giving a lot of value to, to everywhere. We're wild. They, you, you going crazy, bro. So salute to you, man. And y'all can find us on all platforms. That's at a Millionaire Mindsets podcast. You can follow me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. And I'm at the official Xavier Miller on Instagram because I got all these damn spam pages. <laughs> so it's the official Xavier Miller. And that's all I got for y'all on this episode of Millionaire Monsters Podcast. See y'all next week. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that sh that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Sweet. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.